one wise Albion fan said to me outside the CBS arena last night, you can't win them all. The five-match winning run is over, but things are certainly looking much better than they were earlier this season. Welcome to this festive Baggies broadcast. I'm Johnny Drury, and as always, I'm alongside Baggies correspondent Lewis Cox. Coxie, not what we wanted last night, but as we as we said on our, our post-match video, Carlos can't win them all for Albion, can he? No, no, no. I, I don't think we, um, Albion were going to go on and win 20-odd games back-to-back in the championship and and secure a thrilling championship title winning campaign, were they? But uh, it was fun. It was certainly fun while it lasted. And I think, I, I know it was a bit doom and gloom in the video probably after the game last night. It was, we're all feeling the stoppage time penalty, but it, uh, Albion on the pitch at least and with the head coach they've got in place, I, I feel they're in a, a good place at the minute and a good place to respond from last night's setback. And and I'd back them to go again over over this Christmas period. It was a tough game last night against a decent side. Um, Coventry played better than Albion. You know, a f- few complaints overall, really, other than a bit, a little bit gut wrenching the the manner of it, wasn't it? But uh, I think they and, and and the fact that Albion could have gone obviously well in the in a playoff picture. But the bigger picture, I think, yeah, certainly when it comes to on the field and results and performances, is is still bright because of the new head coach at the minute. No, certainly is. There was no early present for Albion ahead of Christmas, but hopefully there can be a few late ones over the festive period. On, on today's episode, we'll analyse the defeat at Coventry. We'll look at Corbrand's run so far after seven games. We'll look ahead to the festive fixture list. Um, but we're going to start, as we have done far too many times in the last sort of 12, 18 months, before that, probably before my time presenting this podcast, with the off-field issues, which quite frankly have been becoming more and more concerning for Albion fans. So we were going to record this podcast earlier today, but news emerged, as Albion fans will have seen, um, that the WBA group, Albion's parent company, has informed the club's minority shareholders, S4A as they're more commonly known, um, that the club is planning to take out a loan from a private equity firm, MSD Holdings. Um, Now, this this was previously reported um, about a month or two ago that Albion were looking to take out in the region of 15 to 25 million, um, which was reported at the time to be for um, the January transfer window. Um, as we understand it now, it's it, in sort of basic terms, it is to be re- required to assist and fund the general workings of the club and working capital purposes of WBA, WBA Group and subsidiaries, um, and along with running costs. Now, this is more concerning news. Lewis, you've you, you've actually had sight of the letter and I know we're sort of trying to work through it today. Um, and Albion yeah. fans have been very concerned about it. And we are, you know, this isn't the first time there's been concerning things off the field. Um, what do we know so far with this? It was reported previously, wasn't it? But today's really the first time we've had it sort of in writing that, that Albion want to do this and take this loan out. Yeah, so a letter to, um, to the club's minority shareholders dated... December 20th, which well, we're speaking on the 22nd. So I'm trying to get my days right at the moment. That'd be, that'd be Tuesday, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, Tuesday. Coventry game, yeah. Um, stating that the proposals and intent idea to um, to seek this loan with the equity firm, MSD Holdings. Um, as, as we're speaking, obviously, and as we've reported, um, I know figures have been reported elsewhere, but the, the sum and quantity it isn't known exactly. Um, it's been reported in a region, hasn't it? And yeah, talk of interest, which is 
you know, could might obviously be significant. Yeah, that's the that's the other the, the alarming figure, isn't it? We don't really know them details at the moment. Well, yeah, and as I say, you know, fifteen to twenty five million reported is is not an insignificant sum, is it? Um, now, uh, questions that remain to be asked, and I suppose remain to be revealed when when you when you say what is it for now. Uh, the letter details um and and you just read it out there johnny i'm just trying to find it on my phone if you bear with um bear with because we wrote it on our on our report on on the website i'm just trying to bring it up here as i speak um but yeah in in layman's isn't it it's you know running costs of 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 the subsidiaries of of the group so overheads you know, it, it, what it, what remains to be seen is is how it will impact the transfer window when it comes to Carlos Corbran, because that was reported, wasn't it, at the time when this first emerged, that um, I believe it was said that Corbran will only have backings if if outsourced funding is, uh, external funding is sourced, sorry. So that will be interesting. Um, it's, it's all, look, the, the bottom line is it's all obviously alarming and concerning to supporters when you talk about external loans and, and interest and certainly of, of this figure when things are up in the air at best anyway, aren't they? Finances um, with regards to an existing loan with a, a repayment deadline ever closing. Um, what is it? 31st. So not very long at all. And uh, yeah, just existing historic issues either obviously we've had other big news this week haven't we regards a, a loan from eight years ago under the former stewardship of the club so um when it comes to the finances and and off-field problems it's it's been a busy week um this news has, has obviously been badly received you know, supporters alarmed and understandably so um because they're just they're just worried about what it means for the you know, we, we know what it means for the here and now, and we can understand with, with parachute payments coming to an end and ceasing why it's the case because of running costs, you know, wages and salaries of, of you know, the bigger earners and all of this to, yeah. to run the club um, when Albion will be, at, will be without a significant figure um, from, from the summer, from next season. Uh, this is obviously if promotion, you know, doesn't happen. Um, so, so we know why it's come about, but it still leaves for uncertain at best future, doesn't it? Because, you know, it, it needs to all, all go well on and off the pitch down the line and all needs to be paid back over time. And fans are just concerned because of recent years, recent stories of, of what's gone on under the ownership. And, and this is yet another, isn't it? They're, they're already concerned because... There are outstanding loans of 10 million against against the club, um, uh, of which supporters wonder if they'll, they'll ever see back. And yeah, this is uh, not a very wanted early Christmas present, was it, for fans to to read today? I don't think. No, and I think the concern, the thing that I've picked out of it, and we're going to go into this in a little bit of depth. When it was first emerged, I think one of the national papers sort of wrote a, a tiny little piece on this a couple of months ago. And it was said to be for the January transfer window, which is alarming enough anyway. But when you chuck in running costs, the fact that a club, and we'll talk about this later, and we'll talk, it's mentioned in the Action for Albion letter, which has been sent into the club centre wrong all late this afternoon, um, which we'll read uh, um, extracts of that. But 
for a club that has been in the Premier League, by my um, recollection, for nine years since 2010, the fact that now they're having to take out a loan, or it appears they've taken out a loan for the running cost of the football club, that's the more concerning thing. The running cost aspect of thing, aspect of it. Yes. That's the more, you know, it's alarming enough that they're taking trying to take a loan out for the January transfer window if that's what some of it's for but the fact that it's for the running cost is yeah, no, really really alarming and with the MSD holdings you look at the clubs that have borrowed from MSD holdings in the past you know we know mm. we, and they have borrowed with high interest rates you saw the debacle at, at Burnley and there and that's probably one of the better situations but you look you've got to look no further than across the Midlands at Derby and see what's happened there and the Albion fans are well within their rights to be really worried about this really yes. worried about it and right i don't I don't want to go on and on about this and i've said it loads of times but the club have got to come out and be transparent now it's gone far too long there's a loan as we said the investigation into the peace loan um the loan that lie is due to repay back on the 31st then there's the loan that he took out against um some of his shares in albion and now this it is time that someone came out and you know i know ron gorley has said Three or four times he said in his press conference as well when Corbram was unveiled that he'd sit down with the press and and he'd be more transparent and he's told the Albion assemblies be more transparent they have to do it now they have to do it because the supporters deserve an awful lot better four and a half thousand Albion fans paid 33 pound a pop last night to go to Coventry they don't deserve to be hearing about these loans through shareholder letters that are being leaked out or, or sent mm-hmm. out they deserve an awful lot more and I get that lies you know Gourlay's the man on the front line and yeah, he should come out and talk, but Lyle should come out as well. It should be honest. We know the state of beyond the club is a, a port. Well, it's not good, is it? Obviously, because the loans are there. But come out and be honest, and let the Albion fans know where, where the situation is before it gets any worse. The, the well, lack yeah, of transparency yeah, you, is just—it's a disgrace at the moment. And with this today, it's just—it's getting to a point where it's yeah. I don't know where it's getting to, but you can sense the astonishment and anger in my voice a little bit but well i think with regards to this loan msd and you know you're right and i agree the, the alarm that it's you know required for running costs but i think we all know in the situation regards the parachute payments and how that's come to an end and it's happened to clubs before albion hasn't it where you, you you come down from the top flight and if you don't secure that instant response it gets harder and harder and your 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 finances become fewer um and and, and that's clearly why this move has had to had to happen. Um, it's not something I, I would imagine many fans agree with. But I think if you lay it out as look, you, you know, because of our situation with investment with the ownership, I think if we if we want to back our head coach in a bid to be successful, be it in the second half of this season or more pertinently in next season, we we have to look at external funding. It's probably the only way. And I think I think most yeah I think fans would get that. And I'm not saying to gamble though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not gamble, saying it or be behind the idea, right. but you know, what's the alternative almost? Um, you know, um, so yeah, but as as you touched on the word transparency and and how that's that's come out today and how it's been for weeks and months, really. Um, you know, fans just want to hear the reasoning from the decision makers, don't they? And uh, just want the truth, really, don't they? Yeah, they just I, want I mean, to know what's going and, on, and, they deserve in, that. In not all in not all cases, certainly in some of these big cases, you know, Chief Executive Ron Gourlay, who's said, you know, and he's the face and voice of things over here, and has said said he will. He's not always the ultimate decision maker, is he? With you know, obviously the the owner in China, 
um, has has the say on on as I've read reported and as we've reported on things like this. So, you know, um, we, we're not as, as you touched on there. We're not going to hear from Mr. Lyari um, on on this matter, or you know, you'd wager others. So, you know, absolutely very much welcome the day that um, we next speak to Ron Gourlay about obviously several matters. Um, it's got to be soon, really, though, hasn't it? Someone's no, got to come out soon and talk yeah. about yeah. these issues yeah. because. And I'm know, not talking selfishly from us as a media or press perspective, but I'm, I'm, you know, saying the supporters from, more from, than from, from a supporters perspective. Yeah. Um, they, they need to hear it, obviously, like, as you say, rather than um, rather than documents going out to minority, minority shareholders being being leaked. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, like, I mean, you, you said it as a gamble regards this. This loan and of course it is, it is isn't it? Because it's. You know, it, it's using that to to try in the the short to midterm bring some more, you know, just kick kick the can, bring some more. So hopeful, you know, create an opportunity to bring some more success. The the aim, obviously, to, to try and meet the aim of getting getting up, and the uh, the rewards and riches that come with that. But you know, where 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 could that leave things a bit further down the line? Say, it's you a, know, the, the, it's yeah. a balancing act. That you know, this is my view as an Albion fan. I'd much rather see Albion. Mid table in the championship with decent finances, then it's try and good. grab the Premier League, yeah. fail, and then end up where Derby are. Yeah, well, getting up or is end a, up where them other clubs. Getting are up from. would be a great effort, wouldn't it? But staying up is very, very difficult. Um, and yeah, say, obviously, Albion were to come down, you'd have parachute payments again. But where, you know, where, after a couple of years, a couple of seasons again in the champ, where where does it leave you? Type thing, and we're, we're back here at square one, aren't we? And and you know, still possibly with like long repayments and things. So yeah, um, still it's difficult, frustrating time for supporters to be to be reading about this. I, I absolutely imagine and have seen how concerned and alarmed they are about it. And uh, and yeah, we you know it'd be nice to be able to bring bring more answers, but I certainly understand the frustration and disappointment with it and uh and yeah i've got actually johnny I, I meant to read it out just now i found um the, the statement we were touching on and what what was actually said regards um the loan and and the words from from the document we've seen read um that the processes the proceeds of the loan sorry will only be used for the general corporate and or working capital purposes of the group and its subsidiaries in connection with the operation of the club together with any fees, commissions, costs, or expenses associated therewith. So that was what was said, um, say to, to, to minority shareholders. There's, a, there's another bit, um, there's another bit further on in the letter, which you may not have seen yet, Johnny, which you can get onto. Just, I, I don't know if it's something you, you were gonna bring up in terms of obviously minority shareholders having a vote Having a vote on this yeah. as per their their right, but as as we know, it's it's, it's a pointless gonna, vote, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> really? not just or mean for much, is it? Unfortunately, that, that's no disrespect to S4A, but you know, Gauchin Lai's got eighty percent majority yeah. stake in Albion. This is going to happen if he wants it to happen, and Albion wants it to happen. It's going to happen. I'm just going to read. Well, again, um, just just on that, Johnny, to go verbatim. Sorry, quickly, mate. Um, you know, it's, it, in your capacity as a shareholder of the group entitled to receive and vote on the resolution however the resolution will be passed and the articles will be adopted with immediate effect once the resolution has been duly passed by the group's majority shareholder 
WA Holdings Limited Incorporated in Jersey. So yeah, you, th there is a vote, but um, it will be passed. So yeah, so the lo the loan will be happening. Yeah, yeah. I just want to read out a um an extract. Letters going in from Action for Albion, the group who've been uh, been setting up the uh, support the team, not the board, um, sort of initiative campaign, whatever you want to call it, in recent recent months, given the financial concerns off the pitch. This is a letter from Alistair Jones of Action for Albion, which has gone into Ron Gorlo this afternoon, um, where he's put the situation regarding the club we love and how it's being run is stark. The revelation of the intended loan is very worrying and needs to be explained to fans. Absolutely. How can a club that has had 20 years of concurrent Premier League money, whether through participation or parachute payments, be required to take a loan out to facilitate its immediate cash flow issues? We simply cannot understand it. Also, it seems to be extremely high Sorry. It seems to be an extremely high risk strategy. What happens if promotion doesn't happen this year or next? What then? And there's a few more questions underneath about the um the five million pound loan that Lai took out, which we'll we'll discuss in a second before we do go go on to talk about football in matters. But all these questions are correct correct. It's just it feels like groups and fans are, and us as well. It's you're banging your head against a brick wall. You just want answers, just want conversations or you know, it's <laughs> I just feel for all the supporters at the moment. You know, I'm one of the supporters, but I'm, you know, I feel for the paying supporters and the supporters who follow Albion every single week. They can see right before their eyes why this has happened time and time and time again at other football clubs, and look where they are now. You only have to look up and down League Two, One, Champ, well, the Championship as well. Clubs not in great financial positions to see what happens when a club is mismanaged, and at the moment. For all intents and purposes, it, it looks like it's being. It just. It. I just can't see a good ending to this. I really want there to be a good ending, but the more we hear these revelations and and loans, um, it it just. I just can't see how how it can and can end well. And if this loan gets taken out, and Albion don't go up, you know, and they've got a, a lot of interest to pay because they will pay a, probably a, a significant chunk of interest on this because it's from a private equity firm. That's how they make their money. Um, it could be disastrous, but I just hope yeah, it's well, not. Well, yeah. I know we get more answers because they need there needs to be more answers because the more there is an answers, the more fans will speculate and they're every right to speculate about the future of their football club. But the more we don't hear answers, then the more concerned, you know, everyone's going to become. Yes, yeah, yeah. What you know, what what is the end game here? Like I say, a pertinent thing is what what happens if there's no promotion this season or next. Um, which obviously could happen in a competitive division. Um, you know, it's not it's not necessarily going to be plain and smooth sailing if there is promotion, is, is it? As as we've discussed, um, as I say, that the point I made earlier about what's the alternative, and, and you made a good point, Johnny. Really, to be to be mid mid table and, and to have your financially in the championship, you, you know, which which would be great, isn't it? But it's that's not happening at the moment under the the model, is it? Clearly. Um, so 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 yeah um yeah it's if if it doesn't happen this season and uh it, it certainly puts a, a bit on next season doesn't it but yeah difficult difficult times it's it's quite hard to sort of comprehend and, and relay it all really um but if you, you feel the the frustration and and some fans will feel sort of helpless at it all and just concern so much for for down the line what you know what what this kind of significant loan means down the line and how at risk is their club, which you know we all we all hope and trust it won't be, but you know um, some horrible things have happened in the sport in recent times, haven't they, with regards to big football clubs? So yeah, difficult.
yeah, certainly difficult times. A um, couple of other points just on off-field matters. There seems to be to be a lot. They seem to be building up. Um, an investigation, were, well, it was announced earlier this week that an investigation which the club is going to pay for into the loan which was taken out by Jeremy Peace, um, which then transferred to Gauchin Lai when he bought the football club. Um, S4A been pushing for an independent investigation. Albion said they were going to pay for an independent investigation. Um, and it was announced earlier this week by Ron Gawley, the chief executive, that that will start in the new year. Um, and then that will shortly be followed by the looming deadline for Gauchin Lai's £5 million loan that he took out of the club, um, which was a £4.5 uh, million loan. Um, no, sorry, £4.95 million, million pound loan with £50,000 interest. It's coming up on the 31st of December. Lewis, are we expecting to hear whether this is, if this is paid? We hope it is, but everyone is very within their rights to be cynical at the moment, given what is going on at the Hawthorns. Um, are we expecting it to be confirmed if it's paid? I think from if our it's not paid, are we equally expecting it to be confirmed? I suppose if it's not paid, where yeah. you, you know, and, until the accounts come out, unless someone from the club comes out and said it hasn't been paid. I think from what I've heard, Johnny, at this point, I think I think we will hear, which is good, um, which is good to hear and good to know. Um, you know the exact time scale and time frame on that. I I don't know. Obviously, the deadline's December the thirty first for the repayment. So um, you know it could be a busy New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, couldn't it? Um, thankfully, that Reading game's been pushed back to the second. Uh, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd like to think that 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 we'll know either way. Um, which, which is good because, you know, it sort of cuts out the middleman of speculation, doesn't it? And conjecture show. So, um, yeah, watch the space. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, what, what are we on now? December the 22nd, aren't we? So, how many active working days until New Year's Eve, until that deadline? Not many at all, either. Um, so, yeah, the, yeah, as I'm of this stage, this. as of this stage, nothing. And we're still, you know, time watching, calendar watching, aren't we? hoping for good news but you'd you fear when it's gone on this far but that that, that might not mean anything and and the plan might have been like we have a december of december the 31st it, it will be hit by then um and there's there's no rush to do it in any way before then yeah i suppose that's in a an ideal world and it's paid back and can, can be pleased until we're worrying about the next you know the next loan but yeah it will be nice to hear either way won't it and and have an answer yeah well hopefully well hopefully albion come out and give answers which they should have done a long 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 time ago but hopefully we can bring you some more answers um over the next few weeks because the baggies fans deserve better than this they deserve a lot better than this right um we'll step away from finances and actually talk about some football um albion were at coventry last night disappointing one nil defeat with a late penalty for the sky blues um lewis just a few sort of analytical points that we didn't touch on on our video last night uh, just wanted to look at the selection, really. Uh, team news came out. There was one change for Albion. Daryl DK was on the bench, which we'll discuss in a sec. Um, for me, the most interesting point on the team sheet was Swift and Rogic in the team. We saw it against Rotherham on Saturday. Thought they might go a little bit more conservative for this away game. Coventry side on a good run. Uh, didn't happen. Was that a... In hindsight, obviously, we've got the, the benefit of hindsight, which Carlos Corbrand hasn't before the game. Was that maybe a little bit of a mistake? Obviously, the little bit overrun early on, and and overall the performance levels weren't at where they were in in the in the last five games. But Rogic and Swift in a game where, which is always going to be tough against a good Coventry side, was that maybe a 
an error at all because I don't think either of them had a, a particularly good game. But Swift has really struggled last night, to be honest. I think everyone felt pre-game and when we saw the team news that it was a surprise. I, I didn't expect to see Swift and Rogic in such an attacking midfield on a on a, a tricky away game like that, particularly. And um, it sort of it sort of played out like that, didn't it? Uh, Corbran specifically highlighted a a poor first 30 minutes where Albion suffered and were, were overawed really. He he felt that the wingers, which, um, which were obviously Jed Wallace and, and Matt Phillips, were were tucking in too deep and becoming a back line of six. And that was meaning a midfield struggle in front of them with no sort of out ball out wide or anything like that. He he, I asked him actually about starting Swift and Rogic, just his, his thought process in that. Because I thought Malumbi would start. Um, I thought the game cried out for his legs and energy on an away away day like that. Um, Coventry have talented midfielders, don't they? You know, none more so than Hamer, the Brazilian lad who was a joy to watch at times last night. By the way, I tweeted last night, I don't think I've seen someone like putting corners consistently on the money. Like it, like every corner he put in was like, gave Alex Palmer something to do. You see that many, you see that many crap corners. By the way, he's shots from distance as well. He's he's actually cannon of of a right foot and a great eye for a pass. And I just think Malumbi, you know, as an option would have got, got into him, got, you know, sort of ran, ran, ran hard and closed him down as much as possible. Um, but, you know, obviously Swift and Rogic as, as a pair, Swift dropping deeper and playing as a more of a number eight, a central midfielder, he brings different qualities, doesn't he? He has that quality on the ball that Malumbi doesn't quite have. And he can, if Albion are seeing the ball in, in charge of possession, bring that element of control and find a pass and keep things ticking over better. And it works so well at the weekend, didn't it? And, and I think, you know, did, did it feel a bit like a heart overhead call given the... Given the team that did so well against yeah, no, another run, maybe. But like, look, obviously Rotherham at home is different to Coventry away. But I, I can see it, and 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 I, as I say, I asked uh, the head coach about it after the game, and he did admit it was um, it was a risk. But he actually said he, you know, he felt it was a risk, you know, willing willing to worth take. It was a risk worth taking. So it didn't pay off, did it? And and the change was made quite soon into the second half. I think Malumbi came on about ten minutes after the break, which which is quite soon. But Carlos Corbran was actually quite pleased with how Albion ended the first half, the final 10, 15 minutes of that. And, and he did feel the second half was was even, really. And neither team troubling each other's back line too much. I know Panzo from Coventry hit the bar, didn't he, with a header. And Furlong at the other end of Albion from a free kick, a couple of set pieces, a couple of long-distance efforts. No real... And Corbran said this as well, no real sort of breaking of defences, get you know, played in on goal type thing. There, there was early on, but less so after the break, quite even. So the the Albion boss was actually pleased in a sense with the second half and how the, the structure and the shape, but unhappy at being able to really hurt Coventry. And maybe that's yeah, sings for a nil-nil draw, doesn't it? Which which it looked like every looked like all the way, didn't it? And it looked like we were going to be reasonably pleased, pretty pleased, yeah. I'd say, with a point there. With Coventry the better team. You know, a lively Coventry, by the way. And that have been the better team, Albion not at their best, you happily accept a point, don't you? You're not going to carry on winning every game. You happily take a point away from home, but obviously sort of snatched away late on with a, a, a bit from a penalty as well, a needless penalty to give away. It makes it a little bit more galling, doesn't it? And I thought Eric Peters had a good game, but he's unfortunately the one that's just... I haven't seen it back, to be honest. A good replay anyway. He's not 
you know, judged to have not got the timings right. And that's the game there, isn't it? And it's it's frustrating. But yeah, on a Swift and Rogic front, I think I think we can all say with hindsight we'd have done it wrong. But we were saying in the we were certainly saying in the in the media room pre-game, weren't we, that we were a bit surprised by that attacking midfield side. Um and it, it didn't it didn't work out as Albion would have hoped. But as I say, Corbrand didn't didn't actually think the midfield really was to blame for the reasoning, was to blame for the lack of control. He felt the shape and his side went elsewhere. So so yeah, perhaps um perhaps we'll see a shake up when when the baggies go to Bristol City on on boxing there. It'd be interesting to see how he how he tinkers with things after Wednesday night. I decided to tweet on my way back into the ground at, at the CBS arena last night that I didn't think the penalty was a penalty from where I was standing. And then, as expected, about 15 Albion fans tweeted me straight away saying it was a stonewall penalty, which I expected to happen. Yeah, that um, was a I consensus. Have, I, I, I haven't new. seen a replay yet, but i got no reason to doubt your Baggies fans. Maybe it was quite it was, near uh, to us, wasn't it? I, I mean, I was yeah. I, my head was kind of half in my laptop, really, with, you know, filing for deadline. But I, I, I sort of glanced at it and I felt I saw contact. But... I didn't feel, feel like I saw a lot of contact. So, you know, it's one of them that this contact the player's always going to go down or feel it or make the most of it, isn't he? But was it enough for a pen? I, I don't know. I'd have to see it again better. But yeah, just the manner of it's frustrating. But like I said at the top of the show, I think, um, I'd, I'd, I think that the, the team under the head coach are in a good place to go again. And, you know, the, the table's Certainly looks a hell of a lot better than it did, uh, you know, on on the manager's appointment, doesn't it? So, yeah, go again. Certainly, indeed. Daryl DK was um, came off the bench. Didn't have the impact like he did at, at Sunderland. None of the substitutes really did. But were you, do you think this might be sort of a regular occurrence for a little while? That sort of rotation between Thomas Asante and DK. You know, we didn't see Grant last night. Um, mm-hmm. Seems to be sort of out of the picture at the moment, but. Do you think sort of DK will be rotated, especially over the festive period, given his given his injury history? And, and, and you know, I think this is his third game he's featured in now for Albion, which is the most sort of run of competitive games he's had so far. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, Corbyn said it on a number of occasions regards DK that he he needs to be managed really regards his minutes on the pitch, but also in training as well. And I don't look in a in an ideal world, Albion want Daryl DK. Dare I say it, starting every game as a number nine, um, and that's nothing against Thomas Asante, who who I'm a fan of and I think has done well. And but did well last night. To well, be honest, deserves to be playing. Lot. Yeah, yeah, deserves to be playing. But um, no, I think look, DK's fresh back into it from a long set off, isn't he? His second long set off. He's not, despite the four week World Cup break, he's not going to come and start every game, is he? Straight away inside the first month of being back fit again, it's, it's not going to happen, especially. Well, it wasn't Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday games, is it? It's, it? It doesn't happen like that. Now, you know, when is it that uh, Boxing Day is Monday, isn't it, next week? Trying to get all, all the days right. Is that right? Christmas Day, Sunday, yeah. Um, so they don't play again until Monday. So would we expect DK to be up front at Bristol City, having not started at Cov? Probably, probably so. And you're probably right. I, I mean, again, the next game, what is it, at home to Preston, isn't it, in, in between Christmas and the new year? It mm-hmm. comes around very quickly, doesn't it? So... Again, could that be Thomas Asante's game because that's too close for DK to start two games together? He could probably do it. I'm sure he could do it. And I know Albion fans would want to see him do it. But you know, you've got to value and factor in that risk of uh, of him breaking down again. It's not not worth it at all, is it? So, yeah, I think that's why. And um, hopefully each time he's on the pitch and building up minutes and time into the legs, he can, um, he can build and grow and, and become effective. 
Yeah, just on another one. I wanted to ask you about this. Um, we didn't see Grady Dean Gale until very late on on um, on Wednesday night, last night. Um, he came off the bench, scored with his first touch against Rotherham. Uh, you surprised? He hasn't had, you know, that a lot of players have had more minutes. Um, the Carlos Corbran. He's sort of surprised, surprised by that because under sort of Steve Bruce early in the season, Dean Gale was probably one of Albi's brighter players. You would have said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... It certainly looked it, hasn't it? I mean, I know Dean Garner had a bit with um, some illness, didn't he? And did he have a little knock before the international break? I'm just trying to remember. Um, certainly missed a friendly when they were over in Spain, didn't he, as well? So he's had a couple of little minor sort of fitness setbacks. But you're right, it's, it's Corbran has favoured Matty Phillips, which which has been interesting. I don't Personally, I don't think Phillips has done much, if anything, wrong under Corbran. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought he had a very difficult night last night. He, he just... One thing Albion were very, very guilty of against Coventry was giving the ball away so many yeah, times. Yeah, ball with the ball, yeah. Ball with yeah. the ball, and Phillips could probably give it away four or five times. And yeah, he had a little bit of a resurgence under Corbran. Uh, but I thought, yeah, I thought last night he was particularly struggled. He, he he worked. What I see, a Wingo who works hard. Like, I think you're right, you know. Defensive, defensively, yeah, he's probably yeah, I, thought, better. I, I thought I saw him off for quite a lot of cover last night. And I felt like it was needed because Coventry were getting at Albion, but... Obviously, Corbin saw that as the wingers both dropping in too deep into like a back six. But I think you know what you're going to get in terms of the the output physically, you know, the graft and the effort. And he's got quality in there still. We know. Obviously, don't would like to see it more often, but he certainly doesn't lack what he puts in. Um, different type of player to Dean Garner, you would have to say. But and and, and Phillips came off early, didn't he? He was he was one of those that came off. Did he come off from Olympia? I've got a feeling he did early into the second half. Yeah, he did, yeah. So he didn't even play an hour. Um, but your point is very right. You know, Dean Garner didn't come on until the 90th minute, did he? Um, which is interesting. I mean, Albion fans, that packed away and were singing his name, weren't they? So, yeah, I'd have, bought, I'd have bought him on earlier because he's an attacking player on the bench you think could make a difference. Going to be a sort of moment of magic, a bit of spark. But doesn't seem to be happening for him just yet under the new head coach. He got the goal, didn't he, of course, on, on Saturday against Rotherham from the bench, 20 seconds after coming on. Decent little finish. Keeper probably should have saved, but no, I think I think Dean Garner will, will get his time, will get his chance, I'd like to think. He'll get that start and hopefully a couple of starts and be able to show what he can do. Hopefully performances maybe like the start of the season where he was one of, if not the standout. Um, that'd be good to see, but it, it has been interesting to see Corbyn favour Phillips. And uh, everything we hear about Phillips, everything I hear is is regarding him being a professional and a, a true pro. His his attitude around the place and his work rate is is really second to none. So I have a feeling that would um, ring true with a head coach really, and he'd, he'd appreciate that. And that could you know quite possibly be why he's getting the nod at the moment. But I, I do think he's um, like he's not scoring and assisting regularly, which I appreciate you, you want from a forward player out wide. But I don't, and yeah, maybe an off night last night. But I think he still puts it in, and you can't question it on that front. All right, I want a bit more quality at times, but but yeah, yeah, at least you know what you get in, and someone who's not you know not going to chuck it in, and he's going to run up and down you know the flank for the whole time he's on the pitch at least. No, it is right. Yeah, Phillips does get a lot of flat. Just thought he had a half night last. So it's probably 
the worst game he's had under under Corbrand. Just you mentioned there, I want to mention this quickly because I've seen it on Twitter this morning. You know, we've seen Albion had just under four and a half thousand at Coventry last night, and they've got a lot of praise for that. But I have seen a few people sort of saying, "Oh, it's a school holiday; you should expect attendances to be up like that away fans." And it's only 40, 40 minutes or whatever, thirty-five minutes down the road. Yeah, fair enough. But you're four days out from Christmas, and tickets for thirty-three pound a pop, and we're in the middle of a the cost of living crisis at the moment. So I think Albion fans need to be applauded for for going in in such numbers to Coventry last night, rather than you know you always get the Twitter brigade when you having to go at anything and everything. But I thought they were they were magnificent all night last night. It's just an absolute shame that they weren't given anything to shout about on the field, unfortunately. But um, but there we go. Um, just on the uh, just on the Coventry game, just a couple more points just to cover off before we. Before I bring you a kettle and toaster man advert, which you all love, and we go through your your questions on this, uh, what will be the final Baggies broadcast of 2023, uh, 2022, sorry. Um, Eric Peters, centre-half last night, I thought I, in my ratings I said that he, he'd had a pretty solid game until he gave away the penalty. Um, do you expect it? What what what? Is there any indication of what might happen now? At Bristol, Shemi Ajayi was warming up in front of us last night, didn't come on, but and Kyle Bartley's still still out. Um, would you expect to see one of them back in for, for Bristol instead of instead of Peters? To be honest, yes. Um, but nothing against how Peters has played. I think he's, no, he's played well. I mean, and done a, a great job there. And I really like what he brings to the side, to be honest. And I would not be averse to seeing him shuffle out to left back for a little stint to see how he gets on with a bit of a run in the team if he gets that chance, if he is moved from centre-half. I just think if they're fit and available and they're ready to go, get a natural centre-back in there. I just think that's what you you need to do. I mean, yeah. Jay and Bartley are, are different cases, aren't they? Jay's had a lengthy layoff, might not be ready to go straight into the starting lineup. You know, a la DK, what we were mm. just saying there. I think Bartley, just because it was a minor thing and a bit of illness meant he couldn't come back in at, at Cov. I think, and, and given how Bartley's performed on, under Corbrand specifically already, I think as soon as he's back and got a couple of training sessions under his belt, which hopefully is in time for Bristol City, but we don't quite know that. There's a press conference later this week, tomorrow actually. Um, I think I think Bartley would go straight back in as soon as the, the head coach could, to be honest. Um, now, I'd, I'd like to see Ajayi back in there ASAP too. I, I felt he was doing well this season, but it has been a long time, hasn't it? So... At what point do you chuck a centre-back straight back in? Look, I, I wouldn't be unhappy if it was at Boxing Day. I'd like to see him back in as well. But the feeling you'd imagine is it's only going to be one of them. Maybe it will be a Jay because he's ahead of Bartley at the moment. He was on the bench last night. Bartley wasn't. But um, I just think Bartley's played more football recently, as in, as in it just depends whether yeah. he can get a couple of sessions under his belt. That's what Corbin likes. Um, someone to have, have obviously complete, got through a couple of training sessions with the team. But we'll see on that front. I, I do think... Um, it, it should happen. And if Bartley isn't ready, I imagine a Joey would do it at Boxing Day, even if he, you know, not only plays 60 or 70 or something like that. I think it'd just be good to get him back mm. in it. He's got to come back in at some point, hasn't he? And you don't usually get it with defenders when they're brought on late. To the, uh, although I suppose if you're protecting the lead, that could happen. But yeah, it'd just be good to see him back in the, in the side because he's been out since, what, right at the start of September, late late August. So it's been a really long time for a Joey. Uh, and it will be a boost. Wigan, and, wasn't it? Wigan, got yeah, yeah, Wigan. And and Peters has done absolutely fine. And I'd I'd like to see him get the chance to have a run in the side at left back. You know his position. 
have we seen the last of Martin Kelly? Maybe for Alvin Lewis, who wasn't in the squad last night. You know, he's on a on a short. I think he's on an eighteen month contract. I think or two year contract. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's actually Peters that's on the short one. Yeah, yeah. hasn't played an hasn't played an awful lot of football. Wasn't in the squad last night. You'd say now there are probably four players at centre half ahead of him. Um, he's gonna, probably going to find it difficult now to. Trying to get in the side, isn't he? Well, yeah, fine. The squad last I, think, I think so, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, he was on the bench against Rotherham um, weekend just gone, but obviously Ajay and, and Bartley were, were uninvolved there, weren't they? And I think I'm right in saying he was on the bench ahead of Reach as well so as, as that defensive option. So, he, you know, he, he was in and around it then, clearly, but but didn't get on. And and you're right now, Ajay has returned to the squad. And sorry, excuse me. And Bartley is due to return to the squad. You'd it knocks him right down the pecking order, doesn't it? It, um, but he's on he's on a deal, so so we'll see what you know future holds for him. Really, I mean, you have to say that it would be yeah, a, a bit of a crisis defensive availability for him to force his way at the minute. Albeit he can do right back, can he? You you know beyond Furlong. What is the really I suppose Gardner Hickman, obviously mm. um, slightly out of position, and, and maybe Phillips we saw there earlier in the season. But Kelly at least offers cover at fullback as well. Yeah, interesting. Right, that's Coventry. Now time for an advert. This podcast is brought to you, as always, in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man. Now it's probably getting a little too close to Christmas for you to order anything that's going to be delivered. Not just because we're close to Christmas, because all the posties are on strike, aren't they, at the moment? So you might uh, you might not get your kettle or your toaster delivered in the post, but you can still head in store in these run-up to uh, in this well, a few days before the the big day um if you haven't finished your christmas have you done your christmas shopping coxie you all sorted now um yeah almost almost there mate it's saying 98 percent something what have like you got that. for christmas a bit of baggies merchandise now we've sort of converted <laughs> yeah. from a liverpool fan to an album fan settle down yeah yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've got any freebies for me mate i'll take them um i actually had last year your your the, your predecessor joe massey used to Wind me up over this, but my mum knitted me an Albion hat last year, which I might wear to one of the festive well, games. Very nice, mate. Yeah, I haven't um, seen yeah. you in that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to bring it. You know, I might bring it to Preston. I'll, I'll leave it for for Bristol, but I might 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 whip it out for Preston. Think of all that credibility you have, little uh, little drain out there, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, kettle and toaster man. It is a bit cold out there. Um, they've got a range of well, still a bit cold out there. A bit warmer than it was a couple of weeks ago or last week, but it is still. Still a little bit cold. It's cold in my office where I'm recording this uh, this podcast at the moment as well, to be fair. And I can do with one of these. It's a Morphe Richards all-night heated under blanket. Uh, it's a double as well. You can get it for just £12. And there's a host of... Um, host of products that the kettle and toaster man has got in store so if you are you are struggling you need a few little bits of bobs and you don't know what to get um for a couple of your loved ones this christmas head down to the kettle and toaster man on thorns road in briley hill or you can go to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk right albion fans we're going to answer some of your questions and we're going to start with a belter and it comes from claire sidaway um you have Carlos Corbran at the West Brom Secret Santa and you have a budget of £20. What are you getting him to assist him for life at the Albion? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you as well, Claire. I've had to have a good think about this, Coxie. Um, well, a bit concerned because I forgot to think about it. So. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to come up with something on the spot. I, do you know what I get him? I, I really love a snood, right? I've, I bought a new snood the other day, so I've got two. Um, but I buy him like a really luxury snood because the Hawthorns get mightily cold. Well, it's cold in the stands in the winter. I can imagine it'll be cold on the sideline as well. So I'd get him a really nice snood. Probably get him a little embroidered Albion badge on the side of it as well. Um, bit of a pattern on there. He's a bit of a, he's a snappy dresser, is Carlos. 
So it'll have to be a sort of a, a decent looking one. But yeah, I'd get him a bit of a luxury snood, keep him warm, keep him warm on the sidelines in those winter months. What about you, Coxie? What have you th- thought of in the last 20 seconds? I'd get him a few DVDs, Johnny. I'd get him DVDs. Man- I'd get him Manchester United's 98-99. That is the season, isn't it? Treble winning, Champions League winning side because he's mentioned how he's in, uh, inspired by uh, that man new Bayern Munich Champions League final where United pains me to say it, turn it around in stoppage time to, to win their European Cup. I get him the DVD of, uh, what was it, Charlton against Ipswich from League One this season, which went absolutely chaotic in stoppage time because Corbran loves watching stuff and being inspired by things that are never say die, never give up. And and what's the other big one? Michael, the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix. Perhaps I could... Perhaps yeah, I you could, don't need a DVD for that part. No, no, perhaps, perhaps I could chip in. And, and and the Fergie documentary was the other big one, wasn't he? That's called Never Give Up, I think. Perhaps I could chip into his his Netflix Netflix uh, subscription, mate, and uh, and extend that so he can carry on being inspired by uh, by the stream. Other streaming platforms are, are available, of course, but uh, I don't I don't suppose twenty pound gets you very far on Netflix, does it? To be honest, but I uh, yeah, perhaps perhaps he perhaps Carlos does what everyone else does and just. Uh, Borrows a login from uh, from a family member. Who knows? I wasn't expected to come out with that answer, and to be honest, I didn't realise people buy DVDs anymore. To be honest, I don't think they do, mate. But no. um, showing yeah, your age there. Perhaps, perhaps he likes to go into a charity shop and takes himself over to the <laughs> DVD section, like me. Uh, yeah, getting down the local market in West Bromwich. Or something. Yeah, I was trying to think of anything relevant that he spoke about a lot, and and those um, he, he has mentioned how he's draws inspiration from those films in, in particular so there you go have a bit of subscription on us there you go Carl's got a, a snood and some DVDs from Cox some DVDs <laughs> of a League One game from Cox <laughs> what more could you want Johnny come on he will um, be buzzing thanks for your question Claire Merry Christmas to you as well uh, Nate Aldridge it's that time of year again boys where do you think uh, needs strengthening do you think we will st- do you think we will strengthen in those areas? I personally think we need competition for both fullbacks and we'd be a goalkeeper to battle with um with Palmer, although he's playing well. Now I'm gonna just shorten down his question, Lewis. And I asked I asked you oh no, I asked another one of our colleagues in the press box this last night. If you could you call Brand, you can sign one player in January, what position are you going for? Um well, I think player? I said I, I said either left back or right back, probably right back. Um, just because Peters can play at left back, I think the fullbacks have struggled so far this season. Mm. Um, they've played well at times for Albion, but I think it might be a time for for sort of fresh blood in there. So I'd probably go and sign a right back myself. What about you? Oh, I hate to be really boring, Johnny, but I agree with you. Oh, which which doesn't, I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm loath to agree with you, mate, and yeah. I don't try and do it too often. But yeah, I, I, I striker was close. I nearly said that, but you know, they seem to play one up front under Corbyn, don't they? And you know, when you DK and Thomas Asante, yes, the next option's Grant, and we haven't seen too much of him. So you could, yeah, there's a strong case for a striker as well. But I think what if it was only to be one, then priority I'd lean to the right back. Yeah, uh, Brian Davis has got in with an interesting question. Do you think there's any danger Leeds are keeping a look on Corbran in case they sat Jesse Marsh? Now Corbran was one of the assistants under Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds. That's where he first sort of came to attention to a lot of people in England. Um, it's a it's a very interesting question. It's not. It's not what I really want to think of at the moment, given anything. We've got the, uh, enough problems off the field, let alone ones on it that have been sort of solved in recent weeks. But I suppose whether it's Leeds, you know, if Carlos Corbrand keeps winning games for, for West Brom, if a manager keeps winning games for any team, they're probably going to be going to, not in the shop window, but they'll be looked at 
fondly from clubs who are who maybe going to sack their manager on the lookout for them. So, you know, if Corbrand does keep winning games, his, his stock's just going to go up, whether that's Leeds or anyone. I, I don't know what you think of it. Yeah, of yeah. It. I think I think any uh, higher championship club or certainly top flight club will have taken note of what. Yeah, I mean, yes, Albion were underperforming under under Steve Bruce, weren't they? Clearly, and I don't think results were ever going to stay that bad. But the impact he's had, the the start turnaround has been pretty incredible, hasn't it? So people will have taken note. He's already a highly respected and rated coach in the game, and uh, this is a big job for him, isn't it? Post post Huddersfield and then post Olympiacos, so couldn't have started too much better. And yeah, obviously a, a young bright coach on the way up, only thirty nine, isn't he? So. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, his bright days are remain ahead with Albion. But uh, I think yeah, clubs will definitely be uh, keeping a watching brief from afar. Yeah. Uh, next question. Just going to ask a few more. We've got around ten or twelve minutes to go uh, before our hour is up. Um, does our push for the playoffs depend on keeping DK fit? We seem less threatening all round when he's not involved. Do you think Carlos Corbran may be in for another striker in January to help us up top? Or will he see Grant BTA as sufficient backup? Now, you just sort of referenced that a little bit, Lewis. Would you be surprised if Corbrand goes for a striker in January? No, no, no. I think um, I, I wouldn't really know. I mean, you know, you can make a case for Grant. Obviously, his position out on the left as well, where, where he's more natural. And I think I'm right in saying Corbrand's touched on that as a, as a player out, his natural role on the left. So if, if you were to say that, I mean, ignoring like a Zahor and someone like that who's obviously totally frozen out, it, it just leaves... DK and, and Thomas Asante, doesn't it? And I think I've had this debate before, but clubs tend to have four, don't they, in terms of centre forwards? Um, and I know Alvin only play with one, and that might be too many, but certainly you want three good, natural, valid options, wouldn't you? You know, if if one of DK and Thomas Asante was to go down injured, which let's be honest, we've seen happen, um, it only leaves the other, doesn't it? So you, mm. you really need that competition, and you know, I suppose we will see regards funds and what's available for the. For the head coach, it wouldn't surprise if it was a loan market, would it? Something we've discussed before that Arbin haven't used yet this season, but in recent years have used very well. Um, well yeah, that's that, that. That's what a point I, I, I you know, I almost didn't realise really. Arbin have got no players on loan at the moment. I remember yeah. a few years ago in the championship, I think they signed three or four loanees in 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 January under Darren Moore, like Stephen Johansson, Jacob Murphy, um, and ah. Oh, Monte Jefferson Montero and might have been another. I think Mason Holgate might have arrived as well. Um, that that if, if Albion were to sign two or three players, I, I'd fully expect them to be loans. To be perfectly honest, I can't see Albion signing anyone on a permanent in January. If it, if I'm honest, um, I don't know about yourself. Jefferson Montero, that's a right black. Uh, when you said his name, I, did he play for Albion? Really? Yeah. I mean, I, know, I I I remember it now. It's triggered something right in the uh, in the. If he scores. He did, according to Wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One goal in four. Not a bad, not a bad return. But yeah, nice, nice little niche loan shout there, John. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think so. Um, it's, it's obviously the big thing is it's more cost effective as well, isn't it? It's, um, you know, they, they were looking in the summer, weren't they? Albion regards um, Delap at City and uh, and and Keenan Davis as well at Villa, weren't they? To, to name but two that were. That emerged as targets so i think it, i don't think it was for the want of trying that they didn't end up with any loans and and obviously you know cost effective with the uncertainty around the, the finances and what would be made available as a you know a budget if anything um it definitely points towards the loan market a bit more doesn't it 
Yeah, certainly does. I can ask two more questions. They both come from the same person. Liam Dunn's fired in a load of questions at us today, but it's, there's a couple here that I'd like to ask, and I'm going to finish on a positive note. But just before that, um, he's asked a few questions about the loan and lie, but there's one here where he said, and we, we haven't got an answer for this, but it'll just be more of an opinion. Um, if we don't get promoted this season, and he just put in brackets, unlikely, how many fire sales do you expect of players? Now, that's a point we didn't make at the top of the conversation, did we? Yeah. Um, now, if Albion don't go up this season and they've got this loan and the burden of, of paying it back um, and the high interest rates, it wouldn't surprise, I thought about this this afternoon, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if some players were sold. You know, there are some assets in there that Albion have got, Swift, Wallace. Okay. And I suppose it doesn't, it's not something you want to think about at the moment, really. But to answer your question, Liam, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I mean, it could, it, unfortunately, it could come down to that, couldn't it? Um, but, you know, if it, if it, obviously, if it's between that and having a secure club, which is an unfortunate dilemma, isn't it? It's, um, it's something that would have to be addressed, but, you know, and, and it would have to happen. But yeah, ideally, you want to keep your best players, don't you? Now, if there's a way to get rid of assets, big earners who, aren't necessarily your top players then you know you take it and do your best to, to move them on but um you've just named dropped a few there johnny which you know not necessarily players that fans would want to see leave but i don't know who knows we don't have a crystal ball the hand could be forced could quite easily be forced um hopefully it doesn't come to that but um that could that could well be something that becomes a reality couldn't it yeah and just finally um what's your best wba festive period highlight or boxing day football highlight for Lewis, as he's still new to us. Well, any crackers that you've been at on on Boxing Day or over the festive period, Coxie? Oh, Stick from, in the memory. From my working life. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, last last year was interesting because I went to a family party, Christmas party, just before Christmas. Everyone there got COVID. And I was uh, just about to set out the door to Fleetwood Town on Boxing Day. Now, there's a glamour Boxing Day trip to you. And uh, then we got the note saying... Hold on, everyone's got everyone's testing positive here. So uh, I was halfway out the door, and then I tested positive. So I, uh, I was able to stay at home. Not the worst uh, positive test in the world if you don't have to go to Fleetwood, is it really? Well, sorry, yeah, Fleetwood fans. Yeah, I, I've been to Fleetwood Town more <laughs> times than I care to think and admit, Johnny. So I, I wasn't too devastated. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think now. I've had I've had some uh, some fair trips over over Boxing Days. Um, I don't know if you've got any memories to just fill this airtime while I... I got, to, I got two, really, and one... one only, They're not Boxing Day ones, they're festive ones. They're, they're New Year's Day ones, really. I went to a New Year's Day game, and all, I could remember in my head Stockport. I remember Albion battering Stockport <laughs> on, on New Year's Day. I had a look back through 2001-2002, they beat Stockport 4-0 on, uh, on, on New Year's Day. Danny Dicchio scored two that day. Um... Yeah, my my mind remembers random things. I can't remember what happened last week, but I can remember who Albion were playing 20 Stockport years ago. Stockport County. Um, about the sixth I know. Yeah. And then the other one was on January the 1st. I think it would have been in about 2011. Albion actually lost this game, but Graham Dorans basically ended Gary Neville's career, um, turned him inside out, should have won a penalty. And James Morrison scored one of the best goals I've ever seen at Albion. Um, <laughs> this volley, which some say came off his shin against uh, Manchester United, but I think it was a clinch strike. Unfortunately, I think Rooney and Hernandez scored late on and we lost the game, but yeah, that, that sticks out. And <laughs> the sticks out in reality for our dear, our dear listeners is that um, my festive slash New Year highlights covering football will mainly revolve around the club I previously covered, Shrewsbury Town, and not a single listener would have a single care about them. So even if I could <laughs> remember them, Johnny, um, I, 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 won't, uh, I won't waste anyone's time by doing it, so... 
There you go. There's your festive memories anyway. Thank you very much for the questions, Albion. Albion fact, Lewis can come back next year. Hopefully we have a classic against Bristol and we can just roll out that line. Yeah, for the next yeah, few yeah. Years. Um, Lewis, just briefly, we go to Bristol on Boxing Day. Um, and I'm just going to wrap this up really in one question, to be honest. We've got Bristol on Boxing Day, Preston um, sandwiched in between Christmas and New Year and then Reading. Um, I'm going to ask you for a points, a festive points prediction from them, them three, three games. Okay. I'm going. And I'm going to hold it to you. The start I'm going seven. 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to go for nine. Oh. I'm going to go. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going all in. I'm putting my chips all in. In the well, middle of the table. Mold wine is half full, isn't it, Johnny? Mm, yeah. Although I think I. I don't know where. I can see him maybe drawing a game, but Preston are going well. But I'd like to think I can beat Preston at home. Um, but. Yeah, we'll see. Nine points out. I could, see, I could see the point coming on the road and two home wins, I think. Yeah, That's I can see that as well. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. But my glass is certainly I think six I think six would be okay, wouldn't it? I think six would be okay. You wouldn't want any yeah. less than wouldn't want any less than six. But I think if it's no. seven or above, you're you're pretty chuffed slash delighted. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll wait and see. As we said earlier in the podcast, Baggies fans, this is gonna be the last Baggies broadcast of um twenty twenty two. Thank you to all the listeners. Um this year we we haven't got time to fit one in now between between christmas and new year but we will try and bring you we will bring you the the match day videos and hopefully maybe an extra an extra lengthy video where we'll discuss the the goings on over the festive period coxie looking forward to christmas got many plans are you are you uh are you cooking in your eyes no, we're, we're hosting we're hosting, hosting. But, um i yeah i can't i can't um you can't admit cook. That I'll, I'll be the uh, i'll be the cook i'll be the um I'll, things will be grim mate because i'll be the entertainment i'll be the entertainment um yeah. turkey and gammon in our house i believe nice i'm gonna ask you a question now i hear this on a podcast the other day just to wrap this up what's the most important component for you of a christmas dinner it's totally unfootball related it's just a bit festive because i called it a festive podcast at the top um, of the top of the recording i mean i don't think you could say the meats could you because that's a bit of a given isn't it you don't like have lamb for example do you uh, but taking away that um i my heart and my immediate answer i'm afraid to sound very childish, is pigs in blankets. Nice, good show. Good. I'm going to go stuffing. Anyone who says Yorkshire puddings, don't but stuff, to the podcast but, but, again. But stuffing's a is not is not stuffing a, a Sunday roast regular. But then you can have like posh ones. I think at Christmas. Yeah, I mean, there's I a shout for ones. cranberry sauce as well for the. By yeah. the way. Probably going to get hammered in the comments underneath here, aren't we? But, yeah. um, but there you go. A big note of parsnips. We could go on for hours. Coxie says pigs in blankets. There you go. That's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna finish this podcast off. We talked loans, private equity companies, uh, interest rates, and now we're talking about pigs in blankets to end off um, the Baggies broadcast in 2022. Baggies fans, the Carlos reign is seven games in, and as gutting as commentary was, it's five wins from seven. He's turned things around and he's breathed new life back into Albion on the pitch off the pitch it's looking as dismal and glum as it has been well as it was on the pitch three months ago as news of another loan emerges lie is just a week out from paying back the loan that he owes questions need answering fans were promised transparency and communication from the club from Ron Gawley they haven't got it but they deserve it and things need to change and change fast hopefully the new year will bring a new dawning of that um, and more good results for Albion. But from me and Lewis on the Baggies broadcast, have a great Christmas, Baggies fans. Um, hope you get everything you want. Drink plenty, but drink responsibly. Eat loads. And we'll see you down at, uh, at Ashton Gate at Bristol City on Boxing Day. So for me and Lewis, for the final time in 2022, goodbye.